You know, I've trained probably over 2,000 recruiters in my travel healthcare career. I actually got in this industry. That was my job for even knew a recruiter did. So today I want to talk about Recruiting 101. I think this is an important episode for you guys to really understand what a recruiter's job is. I'm excited about this one because uh, it's been a long time coming for this episode, and I cannot wait to get started. You guys already know this stuff, but let's talk about the white elephant in the room that nobody wants to discuss. And you're going to realize after today's episode that <laughs> what a weird industry you guys are part of. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Recruiting 101 on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm giddy today. I am giddy with excitement today about this episode. I feel like I feel like I'm a professor. I've got this. Uh, it's kind of cold out. I haven't really shaved. I'm all disheveled. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I can't wait to get going on this episode. Recruiting 101. So, like I said in the intro, I'm a dinosaur in this industry. This industry is also a dinosaur. I'm. I'm Again, in a few more weeks, I'll have been in this industry for 23 years. That's a long time. That is a career. That is a lifetime. And um, <laughs> this is the weirdest industry, guys and gals. It's not from your standpoint. From a traveler's standpoint, this is not weird. What you guys do is, I'm doing the paper shuffle because it's just bothering me. I'm, I've got to keep it all together and organized. From what you guys do from a career standpoint, that's not weird. The way that you obviously travel and the sacrifices you guys make and the risks that you take to get out there on the road, none of that is weird. None of that is bizarre. Matter of fact, it's awesome. I wish, like I said before a long time ago on, on one of the first few episodes, I wish I could thank the person that came up with the people, the careers, or the not the careers, but the, the, the number of people that created travel healthcare. I, I don't know who it was. I don't, I've never heard anybody tell me that they know definitively who it was that created that. But somebody came up with this concept, and I've often said, time said it had a lot to do with, with just the evolution from per diem into, hey, we need somebody more full-time. But what a wild, wonderful concept travel healthcare is. I mean, it really is. The fact that you guys can go and make more money, and again, I've always said, this is not to shortchange it. I know that you guys are earning every penny of it. Anybody with any career where they go and they do contract-type work for their job, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, absolutely has earned every penny of it because it means most definitively that you don't have an opportunity or a job after that contract's over. I don't care if you're an attorney, 
if you're IT, which is really, really, really common, uh, accounting has that sort of thing. There's all different kinds of careers that, in fact, do have contractual work based upon them. And I think all of the people that are involved in that type of, of work, my hat's off to you because you don't have a job when that contract's over. You guys know, as I've documented very heavily on Travel Evolved, that I don't believe that there's a lot of guarantees even during the course of an assignment. I literally believe wholeheartedly, and I've seen it for almost 23 years now, that you guys can lose your job in a second. And you guys know that. Those of you that have been traveling for a while realize that there is no guarantees here. So for me, that that just says a lot. And, and you guys earn every penny of that. The fact that you're being paid more should come along with that territory. I mean, if, the, if you don't have a job, potentially, by the time you finish this episode, if you started it. I mean, that's really how scary it is for you. And I, I applaud that. And I think there's too many people at my desk that don't recognize that. Um, it just is. It's just completely crazy. But this industry, it just hasn't. It hasn't changed at all, guys and gals. In 23 years now, a lot of people that watch and listen to me. Uh, I have a pretty big, wide, wide variety of listeners, which is great. I am noticing that it's becoming more and more of a younger crowd, which I think is awesome. There's a lot of, of newer travelers in the industry. A lot of people have jumped into traveling um, that weren't there before. A lot of folks kind of were getting burned out. A lot of people made a ton of money last few years and have decided to retire or move back into staffing. And I think for good reasons. They did very, very well. So I love the fact that I've got kind of a new audience that may not really understand a lot of this stuff. That hasn't really, you guys really haven't thought about this side of the industry. And I think that's why many of you have told me, and personally, and through emails and through texting and through actual phone calls, that you guys are listening to this this travel evolve with this guy because you are learning some things you haven't thought about. And that's the whole idea, right? All right, getting back to my concept that I was talking about. This industry is, is in 23 years, yes, there has been a few changes. I'm going to share a few with you. And, and don't tell me how old I am. I already know how long I've been doing this. When I first got in this industry, we were faxing on fax paper. Not pieces of paper like this one in front of me, but actual fax sheets. People would scan and fax in copies of their certifications and copies of their assignment details or contracts. That's how long I've been in this industry. You'd have reels of fax machine paper. I don't even know why I told you guys that, just to really make sure I felt super old today and discouraged about where I'm at. I'm at the twilight of my career, for sure. That's okay. I've watched where texting became something that some recruiters started thinking about. And, of course, it would make people angry. For those of you that don't remember or aren't old enough, texting used to cost a lot of money when it first came out, and you had a limited number of texts. It would, it would increase your phone bill which meant that was also a no-no. And I've watched that kind of become where eh, it's kind of acceptable now. I watched where people never used to want you to call on their cell phone. This was even before texting, right? You couldn't call on the cell phone because that cost money. So you had to call on the landline and leave messages. And you had to be so careful as a recruiter not to mix those up. We had a lot of our software and the ways that we worked and organized our day as recruiters was organized with, here's the phone number. And I remember the software I had, it was it was highlighted so you didn't make the mistake of accidentally calling someone's cell, which was a big no-no back many, many years ago. So email was one of those things, again, people, travelers weren't using their emails a lot because it was, they just didn't look at it. I mean, again, this, is, this goes back a long ways away, but there was a time period when healthcare providers barely ever had, people didn't have personal business type or personal emails. You had it if you were, you were a business or you were a, a, you know, in a business profession, but a lot of the average guys and gals didn't have like a separate email. I know that sounds really weird to think about, but that's true. 
the, obviously the invention of, of Facebook and social media, all the things that you're that we're looking at and you guys are watching and listening to me on now, none of that existed. So there was no opportunities for recruiters to hook you or to go fishing, as I'm going to call it today, through social media. It was phone calls, appropriate number. It was emails. Eventually it was texting when that became so it wasn't super costly. The whole concept, however, of recruiting a healthcare professional for a travel assignment has not changed a bit in 23 years, which is remarkable to say the least. And that's what I want to talk about this episode. Listen, I'm not, I have an episode coming up and they did push it back because this one kind of got pushed in the middle of it that was about recruiter training. We're going to talk about that. We also have one about you know new recruiters and recruiters that haven't been doing this very long. kind of goes hand in hand with those. We've spread those out so you won't hear those down the road a little while. But I don't want to confuse those episodes or steal from them content that I want to put in this one. This is really about straight nuts and bolts. Here's what a recruiter does day in, day out and how they do their job. Now, I'm going to qualify the episode a little bit. I am not here to beat up the individuals who are recruiters. That's not my thing. And there's a bunch of haters out there that want to say, oh, everybody does complain about recruiters because there's a reason why I'm, I'm complaining about the position and its need or necessity or lack thereof in our industry and in your cycle of finding a great assignment. I think it's completely irrelevant at this point. And it's today, it's still 2022. There isn't a need. I'm explaining to you guys why, because I think it's it's remarkably crazy that our industry is 99% this model and it's, it's inefficient and effective. So this episode is not to sit there and beat the you-know-what out of the individuals and the wonderful people who are recruiters. I've met and trained and worked with and still remain friends with dozens of them. This is not a stab on the individual. This is a stab on what I believe is a profession that has some hidden agendas to it. And I want to kind of talk about that. You guys already know, but let's really pull back some of the covers on some of this stuff. But it's also a profession I think is absolutely going to go away quickly because of its lack of need. And most of you guys know where I'm going with this. It just is, it is what it is, but I want to kind of walk you through the complete obvious reasons why this doesn't really work anymore in 2022, yet most agencies and most recruit, I'm sorry, most travelers still heavily are dependent upon this because they just haven't thought about it. So let's think about it today. So please, if you're a recruiter, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a you-know-what. I don't think you're a bad person. You can hate on me and tell me I'm crazy, I'm nuts. I think deep down, everybody that's listening to this, whether you're a recruiter, whether you're on my side of the desk, whether you're a traveler, whether you're at a facility, you guys know that I'm right. <laughs> it just, it is. It is, it is. This is the industry that has been untouched by technology more than any other industry that I'm aware of. There are a few still left, but if you think about our world in 2022, at the end of 2022, there is so much that is technically advanced because of our smartphones, because of the technology that we have, because of social media, things that are actually making our lives better and, and make a lot of sense. Yet in our industry, we're still relying upon recruiters to communicate and to translate into mega, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, to distribute jobs to to travelers and they wait in line and wait in line for them to get their call you guys deserve better and you need to get better so anyway technology has not touched our industry and if you like i said what is it that we've done in the last 20 years 
to advance the process. How do you guys find your assignments? You guys basically either do a couple of things. Tell me this sounds familiar to you. You go on some sort of social media, and I do believe that Facebook is still very heavy in our industry for this reason. You go to a Facebook group that you are a member of, or maybe not, you go to you become want to become a member that has a commonality between either your specialty, your location that you're interested in, and or a pay package. Because there's a lot of them now that are, you know, this this much and above or this much plus. And you're looking for you are you, the, the traveler, remember, is now looking for a position. So that's reversed from what it was eight years ago, five years ago, for the most part. Most of you guys have told me that you're the one that's kind of looking to see what jobs are out there. There's not a lot of brand or company or agency loyalty as much as there used to be. And there's reasons behind that. I think that's not a bad thing in our industry. I think it's kind of a good thing. It creates a lot more competition. It creates better pay packages and environments for you guys. So you're looking, you're doing the work already. You're going on to these sites and saying, okay, I'm just going to take an example. Let's say you're a labor and delivery nurse. You're compact state licensed, but let's say you, you really you want to stay or you, you live or you know the holidays are coming up, as we know, and you want to be close to the central part of the United States. So you're looking at compact state assignments right now, today, this minute you are, that are you know central U.S., Missouri, Arkansas. I'm trying to think of you know, even Oklahoma now. is. You might, you might venture to Texas. But you're really not interested in going to the Pacific Northwest. You're not really interested in going to New England or even down to the southeastern part of the United States. You want to stay right there. So you're looking, let's just say, for L&D jobs in Missouri, maybe, and you start looking at those sites, and you're hoping to find a posting on social media, a meme, by a recruiter that says, hey, I've got an L&D job in this city, and they've, they've listed their pay package, and the gross weekly makes sense to you. So then what do you do? You contact that recruiter, or you reach out through, through a direct message, and you say, hey, this recruiter, here's my name, I'm interested, contact me. And now they begin the process of, now they've got you. They went fishing with that meme, and you happen to find the job. Now, Here's some qualifications that I want to point out, the obvious things. How old is that job? How old is that post? Was it a minute ago? Was it five minutes ago? Was it a couple of hours ago? Was it a few days ago? The further out you guys get, the less likely you're going to get that job. You guys have to recognize that. It depends upon the manager, of course, but savvy managers are going to post a job. They're going to look at the best candidates. They're not going to hesitate and wait a week right? They're just not doing that right now. They don't, they're not pre-planning that I'm seeing. They're going to look at the best candidates. They're going to call them and interview them and boom, there you go. And they may still be getting, I guess, pay, uh, not pay package, um, packages or, 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 you know, submission packets from, you know, from different agencies that have you on there. They may already have their little pile of four or five people they're calling, but yet recruiters and agencies are still telling people to apply to this job. And that manager already has the people who are looking for, and now he or she's probably a she's just trying to figure out when it is that she has time to call and conduct the two or three people that she's going to call. And by the way, if she gets lucky on the first call, a person answers the phone, that's going to be her hire predominantly. She's not going to say, well, I loved everything about you. You've got the NRP and all the different, you know, let's say high risk and all the things I'm looking for, but I'm going to call these other two people too. No, she or he is putting their first person that they're interested in on the top of the pile, and they're going to go down through until they catch somebody. If they miss the first person, they're going to offer it to the second person, predominantly. This is not a, a guarantee, but that's what happens. Yet you're still filling out your paperwork for that recruiter who had to put that meme out there to try to see if you can 
get your, your information, your fill out a skills checklist or do some sort of, a, maybe you've got one already ready that you can send that's through you know, one of the major companies that already has an assessment you've done. You're gonna try to scramble, get their resume. They're gonna put it all together and then you're gonna be submitted and it's probably already gone. That's one way that you guys look for jobs and you guys have told me that and you're trying to catch it quick. So again, if you're night and you're day, let's be let's be frank. If it's the middle of the night and you're sleeping, and and you know when's the last time a recruiter typically posts at 10 o'clock at night? There are a few out there. They're working hard. They're trying to fish and get everything they can to try to convince you know someone that maybe they'll get that puzzle piece to kind of match up. But it's it's inefficient. It's inefficient for you because what I'm telling you is by the time you apply to that job, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, if this sounds familiar to you, it's not available anymore. But that recruiter is more than willing to tell you about what is available or what's coming up. Now they've got their stuff, all of your information. They've got this, this profile, or this package, or this submission packet, whatever the each agency calls it, ready to go. So now that you were, I mean, not baited in switches, but you were baited, that job may or may not happen, but now they're going to talk to you about all the other different areas in Missouri and some of these other places that you may be interested in going to because now they've got everything ready to go. And so you, all right, you you're, you're hooked on to that person. You've got maybe two or three of those recruiters for two or three different companies that you've done that to. And now you're hoping that they're a little faster and you're hoping, again, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, that when they reach out to you, whether it's text, phone call, instant message, that the job that they're reaching out to you is brand spanking new, literally came out minutes ago. That's what you're hoping for because every minute or hour or day that goes by, your chances of being able to secure that job decrease dramatically, dramatically, right? Not for every company. There are some I've seen where a manager will, you know, kind of, I guess, kind of ignore all the all the applications that are coming through for that particular position and all of a sudden he or she will grab them. You never really know. But for the most part, the older that job posting is, the less likely you have of getting that position. So that's one way. The other way is obviously you've got your recruiters already in play that you like. Your company you're working for now, maybe it's plan B and you had a company you like a little bit better. You're also letting that recruiter know, hey, recruiter, this is my puzzle piece that I want you to try to fit. This is the amount of money I want to make. This is when I can start. This is the kind of time off maybe I need. And here's most importantly, the location and the pay package that I'm interested in, I would accept the position for, and nothing less. So now you're trusting and, in, and, in, and I guess, I guess, entrusting that recruiter to go ahead and find you that particular position. The more open you are, the more likely you're going to have multiple options from that recruiter because that's what they're going to give you. They're going to give you what their company has that fits your, your, I guess, your priorities. And as we all know, they're also going to throw in a few other things based upon what they think they can get you to say yes to, whether it's a higher pay package, maybe a great location, or um, maybe what they actually have in their inventory as opposed to what hopefully another company doesn't have in their minds. That's how it kind of works right now. Am I wrong? Tell me if that, that doesn't make sense. Again, I, I know how this stuff works, so it seems to me that from your standpoint, that's kind of the, the couple of different ways that you guys go about finding a position, how you guys basically will look to start to secure your next, your next gig. It does, does that make sense? I hope it does, but let me ask you another question. Does that actually make sense? It's 2022, so again, you guys are... I, the first thing I want to talk about is the inefficiency and the timing. If it wasn't really obvious what I just said, 
there is a huge, humongous lapse in time with the communication that is going on currently, and it has been for the last few years, between a job being posted and that particular recruiter's ability to reach out to all of the different people that they're working with. What you're hoping is that you are their number one priority and you've got the most skill, you've got the ability to be able to take positions, you have the, the lowest possible pay rate that you would accept, which means you've got more and more options, sorry, to that recruiter. That recruiter's looking for more and more ability to fit that puzzle piece and to give you options. The higher your demands are, the more scrutinizing your location is. And let's, let's be frank, the less experience and less certifications and less traveler marketability you have, the more difficult that recruiter's job is. What I will tell you is all of those things will lower that priority for that recruiter. I know this. I've been on the side of the desk for a long time. As you walk through a recruiting room, that's what they're doing. They're saying, all right, here's the jobs that are coming out with the software I'm looking at on my machine. What's the best job I have that I can start to contact the most people that are waiting, that's, that are on my list and all my different candidates, and, and what's the pay package look like? If it's high pay, they're excited. It's like, oh, I'm going to be able to get a lot of people. If it's kind of low, they may or may not spend time on it, and they may not even tell you about it if they don't think that you're interested because of what you've told them. And at least they're not going to focus on that job. Now, every recruiter does, in fact, work slightly differently, but as a whole, they're looking at what's coming in, what have they not communicated, how they're going to communicate it, and who is the best person to communicate it with, which means that they're prioritizing all day long. Prioritizing means some of you, not the majority of you, are being prioritized down that chain. Tell me I'm wrong. Travelers don't think about that. Travelers assume that their recruiter is their best friend and they always are going to be calling them first, and you guys have to recognize that that's just impossible. Bigger the company, the more maybe they have a recruiting assistant, they're still prioritizing. They're still trying to figure out who is it that I need to contact right now today that's going to give me, the recruiter, the best chance of making commission and booking you or extending you onto either this assignment or a new assignment before my competitors do the exact same thing to you for the assignment that they have as well, which is what it all comes down to, right? Everyone's got the same basic assignments out there. See kind of where I'm going with this already. I'm hoping you guys are going, yeah, that doesn't really seem like technology and is fusing well in 2022 because it is limited. It's been that way for the entire history of our industry, but it's just completely obvious right now that there are so many better options for you guys. You're already recruiting yourself, and most of you guys are telling me this anyway. So more of that to come. All right, let's get into a little bit more detail. How does a recruiter prioritize their day? Okay, a couple of different things. And again, every recruiter is different. Uh, every recruiter does things better than other, other recruiters do. So this is, again, I'm going to tell you the different jobs that they have throughout the day. And, and depending upon their motivation or the pressure that they're experiencing is going to dictate what they're going to focus on first. So first and foremost, recruiters, as you guys know, are oftentimes the first place that you guys are talking to or calling when you have a problem, which means they're one of the things they do all throughout the day is they're trying to put out a fire, as I like to call it. Now, sometimes they can't. Sometimes they're deferring that fire to somebody else, whether it's HR or payroll or an account manager, if there's a problem with the hospital. But their job, remember, and they make money, <laughs> and they're focused on that, is to keep you happy. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing, and there's some wonderful, again, I'm going to try to 
make you guys feel like I'm not beating recruiters up too much because I'm, I'm trying not to. Not bad people, just not really, it doesn't really make sense right now. They're always going to try to do their best to make sure that you stay with them. That's what they're thinking about all the time, 24 hours a day, well, actually, 8 hours a day, 40 hours a week. <laughs> they are making sure that you, they're going to do their best to make sure that you are going to stay with them. And that every Friday, when they're getting commissioned based upon, again, different, different, different pay packages for a recruiter too, how many hours you worked, how big of a margin they were able to garner for the company, which means how little they were able to pay you. For a lot of companies, all these things come into play to decide how a recruiter is going to be commissioned on your efforts. The more hours you work, the higher the margin, the higher the bill rate is potentially, and a, little, a lot of different factors. But that's what they're always thinking. I don't want to lose this traveler because it's going to be one less you know, piece of my commission for the week. So it's important. So they're always trying to make sure they put out the fires. I will tell you that I oftentimes believe that a recruiter is, how do I explain this? Because you don't have other options, going to your recruiter is typically your first choice because you don't have the the company directory of the people you really need to go to. They're going to actually help you. So you go to the person that you know is making money off of you so that that person is motivated to keep you happy and gets the job done. It, it's, it works, sort of, but it's not very efficient. The thing I want to point out is that that's one of the things that they're doing. They're constantly making sure that they're putting out fires. And the thing that I don't like about it, about this part of the industry is that recruiters are salespeople. So you guys have told me, that, listen, some people out there that, that, that contact me are thrilled with the recruiter. A lot of people out there are also very unhappy with the recruiting side of the business. You guys have told me that. So I'm not making this up. A lot of you said, I, I didn't recruiters. I just, it's like, whatever. Not all of you. Some of you are really, really go to bat for this this model. And I don't fault you for that because you don't know what else is, a, is an option for you. And you haven't started thinking about what could be better. But they're always going to put out fires. They're always going to try to do what they can to appease you and to keep you on board. Whether it's just to listen to you complain. I mean, sometimes that, I mean, I've taught recruiters that listen to your traveler. Sometimes they get something off their chest, they already feel better about it. That's, that's a real thing. Maybe you can call me that, you know what. But I'm not alone when I taught recruiters how to do that. I'm sure almost every company has someone that said that at some point, let them vent. And it, it sometimes does fix things, especially if we can't fix it or control it, whether it's guaranteed hours or a problem at the facility or something clinical. That's a, that's a thing that, again, maybe it was just me, but I don't, I don't think it was just me. I really don't. Excuse me. All right. So, again, like I said earlier, the biggest thing that they're doing is they're saying they sit down, they get their coffee, they sit down in the morning and say, okay, am I going to start looking at jobs? Am I going to look at my candidate list of availability? And lots of times they're on that same software. Software nowadays is pretty cool. Uh, recruiting software, I will tell you. There's a, there's a number of different major platforms out there. A lot of companies have designed their own. One of the things that it has kind of not really changed the industry, but it has become a little bit more efficient is the way in which a recruiter can see instantly the matches based upon what they're typing in, that your availability, your potentially your pay rate, all the things you've given them, and then they can see as jobs come in, a lot of the software will, will give them an indicator that, hey, there's a match for you or a couple of matches for you that just came in or throughout the day. It's a good thing. It does make things a little bit more efficient, but it'll come in and, and hopefully they're scraping those sites and getting those that information fast so that it's, it's relatively instantaneous. However, 
a recruiter is still going to prioritize who gets the call first. They, it's not like they're just getting one job in and they're making the phone call and then they hang up the phone or hang up the text or get rid of the instant message on, on Facebook. And then another one comes in and they go ahead and reach out. That's not the way the world works. So they're getting bits of, of huge amounts of jobs that are, that are indicating, but especially when they walk in the morning, here's what happened overnight. Or if they're further on the western side of the U.S. as the jobs are being released on the East Coast and there maybe your company's in California, then you know they're, they're walking in going, oh my gosh, i got a lot of catching up to do. So what they're doing is they're still prioritizing you. They're looking at what is the value of who's, who's on my matching list, and as the day goes by, who matches up? Who's my best candidate that's going to be willing to go in front of this submission based upon things we're going to talk about, our company's pay package, let's say. Who, uh, who do I know is open-minded? Who gets jobs faster than everybody else? And that's what they're looking at first. Like it or not, that's a truth. They are gauging you against your other travelers. Might even be completely a different, maybe nursing versus allied or vice versa. And they're looking at who is my best chance? Who, who do I have to call? That's human nature, guys. They are, a, they are being compensated by results. So, of course, they're going to look at what's going to give them the best result first. So they're prioritizing that. And then they're going to move down the pecking order. If they get toward the bottom, yet another great job comes in, they're going back up and starting to contact that person. My point being is that prioritizing from a recruiting standpoint costs you guys money and opportunity because there could be something you're interested in, but you're counting on that particular individual that you've put all of your eggs into this basket. Maybe you've got a couple baskets with some different companies, but you're hoping that they're going to select you and communicate with you. And for those of you that have maybe unique specialties or are very, very picky, which is great, you should be. I mean, this is your career, right? So why wouldn't you be? Understand that some recruiters are going to push you down that list. If you're brand new, if you have less of your experience, if you don't have certain certifications that are required or are common, in your specialty that may also push you down. But that's a real thing that you guys have to understand is that, yes, when you're looking for a position, you're in control, but a recruiter still has to kind of figure out what he or she's going to do and how they're going to plan their day. And they're always constantly prioritizing what is the next thing I need to do right now to get me a position. Am I going to text? Am I going to throw a meme out, which I'll talk here in a second? Am I, do I have anything going on? Have I already gone through all my matches? Have I gotten to the bottom of the list and there literally isn't anybody else I can call, which is a good thing because it means you probably got the phone call or the, or the text or the message that, hey, I've got your job. And then hopefully they've given you an instant pay package. Most companies I'm hearing still are waiting until you're interested and then they're going to come back and tell you all the different pay rates for all these ones that you might be interested in. It might take a whole day, which is kind of unbelievable in 2022, but I'm still hearing it's out there. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, when that's done, they're going to start posting positions. And again, for those of you that are looking on social media as the way that in which you were, you're going to find your position, you're hoping that that priority of your job actually is coming up. If you are, I don't even want to use an example, but let's say you're a, you have a, a very unique or very um, specific specialty <clears throat> that is not one of the most widely popular as far as the number of positions available in the country are out there, that that's what you do. Whether you're allied or nursing, it's very specific. Then you, again, you're not like a med surgeon nurse, medical surgical nurse that there's, you know, thousands and thousands of positions for. Also your licensure and where you're willing to go, all that stuff is going to, is going to dictate the jobs in which these recruiters are going to start posting on all these pages, these, these ad nauseum Facebook pages that only allow 
no no communication except for you got to post this you have to you know stop drop and roll and it has to be purple and pink you have to use these colors and it has to have all this different you know gross weekly and all these different things that are just basically billboard pages which again i've had people want to have some really healthy discussions on those pages and they're nope get kicked out we're gonna give you a warning because this job is this page is only for posting you know this particular specialty and it has to look just like this otherwise we're not gonna let you post on there so you're hoping that that doesn't come into play the job you're looking for and the page in which you're looking for it may be so regimented that a lot of recruiters are like, the heck with this. I'm not going to post on that page. It's, it's, it's too time-consuming. It takes me too much time, which means it's a lower priority for me. So they're also, when they're going to, to start to reach out and start to what I call fish for new candidates or just somebody that they haven't worked with before, when they've kind of got their other priority down, a lot of them will go ahead and they're going to start saying, okay, what job is it or what jobs are there that I feel are going to give me the best return on my effort. So I'm going to post those either, again, especially that's really, really common. Maybe it's a really high paying job. So they may start with those. They're going to get more and more people because they know, guys, here's the unhidden thing. They know that whether they get you that job or not, they've engaged you. They now have your information and now they're going to try to say, send me all your stuff, which is then going to say whether I get them this position or not. I now have other stuff, which means I can theoretically get other positions. So you're getting baited and switched a lot because they're they're not necessarily as interested in getting you that particular job as they are saying, I want more bodies in which I can use my software to match up with and start to try to find that position. And you guys are, are right smack in the middle of this and, and kind of letting all this kind of happen, which, again, you don't have any other choices, so I understand that. So what's happening if you're not on the top of the list or if, you're, if the job you're looking for is not something that a, a recruiter feels like he or she or the, the number of recruiters you're working with feel like it's going to give them the best return on their effort. It means you're going to be sitting there without opportunities. You're going to be hoping and waiting to find one of these things. And you're start calling other companies. You're going to start branching out the pages once you're searching for a job. You're going to go with some of these other different software you know, and websites that, that allow you to compare jobs. And you're going to start the same process that you just went through or you're about to go through with two or three or four more companies. I get it. You don't have any other choice. You're trying to get yourself some marketability based upon what you bring to the table. And you're struggling because you can't have, you're not finding a lot of people that are communicating getting back with you exactly the job you're looking for. So once again, you're going out and saying, hey, I'm here. This is what I'm looking for. Anybody, anybody, anybody. I mean, I can't tell you. You guys just go look on some of these Facebook groups for travelers that are saying, I am this type of a traveler. Here's my specialty. Here's where I'm looking. Maybe even here's what I'm looking for or hoping to get money-wise. Anybody have anything? And then, you know, that's another way. Recruiters are going, I've got something. I've got something. Oh, yeah, we got all, all of us have this. It's the same job they all have, by the way. And that's how they're doing it. So that's what's kind of happening to you. You're hoping. And for those of you that are lucky that you're super highly skilled, you got a great profession that's widely open, you've got the licensure that allows you to work in multiple places, you're going to have better luck than most people. But you're still being prioritized, as, as, as I keep saying. So, so here's a question for you, an innocent question for you that kind of goes along the lines of this. How many of you change your minds frequently based upon your marketability and supply and demand. In other words, for that labor and delivery nurse I mentioned earlier that's looking for the middle of the country, here it is, and again, this episode is going to come out sometime, I believe, in early November-ish. You're hoping that you're finding what you're looking for. If you don't and you're struggling with some of the reasons I just mentioned, what do you oftentimes do? Well, I am willing to go here or there 
because of the location or potentially the pay rate that might it might garner. Whereas eh, I was hoping to stay, but I might go a little further north if it pays more, even though I don't want to. I may go further away from my family. I was hoping to be able to get home once or twice on the holidays, but the pay is right. Maybe I can fly home. Or you're saying, hey, I, I, I am willing to accept maybe less money to, in order to stay home. In other words, you guys change your minds all the time. It's your right. It's your priority. It's what travelers do. Did your recruiter know? Did the five recruiters you're working with know? Probably not. You're going to call them, but are you going to get a hold of them? You're going to leave them a voicemail. I mean, are, they, are you talking to them? Are you talking to, are you texting them? What I'm getting at is that you guys are, they have what you're looking for. They're always going to push the envelope, but you guys change your minds as you should based upon what you're seeing in that market all day long. And it is almost impossible for a recruiter, as good as he or she could be, to be able to instantly react to that and say, okay, no longer wants Arkansas. Now they're willing to go to New England because if the pay's right, they're willing to go down to the southeast part of the United States uh, because they've got the compact licensure even though it pays less. Now I've got to start yinging and yanging and how many jobs I just pass up because you know, today until I got that message, it doesn't react well. The communication between a traveler and the recruiter is based upon that communication. And when the communication is slow, which it always is, or poor, which some recruiters are in some companies are better than others on it, it's still going to have a delay and it's going to have an effect on your ability to secure a job or, or maybe the one you want. And it will absolutely eventually cost you a job or a higher pay package or money because you have that mind change. And a lot of you guys don't think about that. I mean, right now, today, you're saying this, but literally in an hour, you may go, oh, I saw another post from, you know, on one of these groups that kind of tweaked my interest. I didn't think I'd want to go up to Maine. I'm going to go to Maine because it's paying well right now. I'm just using that as an example. But that happens to you guys all day long. Our industry is not set up to be able to quickly and instantly, let's say, react to your change of mind, which you absolutely should be able to do because you're the one that knows what you're willing to do, where you want to go, and why. And you're relying upon a person that sometimes you barely know to understand that and to be able to, to know all the things that you're thinking while you're looking at a job posting in one way, shape, or form. You know, I, I am kind of interested in that. I would, I would look at that. I would take that. But your recruiter doesn't know. So they're upset because you just took a job with somebody else because they had the right post or they had the right meme or whoever, you know, someone called you about something that was a complete fluke. And that's what recruiters are also trying to do. They're trying to push and sell you outside of your parameters. So what I don't like about this is that you guys, if I've always said, are in complete control of your career. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what is in your best interest like you. How many times have I said on Travel Evolved that I've seen travelers say, I would take this lower paying position because, let's say, for example, it's close to home. Does a recruiter know that? Maybe. Maybe not. I would take this assignment because it does pay more. Or I, I happen to know that I've got an aunt or a cousin or a friend that lives in that town. I didn't tell my recruiter that, but also I'm thinking I would maybe go to the Pacific Northwest if it's compact because I've got that ability. And, I'm, and again, a recruiter is not going to be able to react like you guys do. So having information where you're recruiting yourself makes a lot more sense than relying upon this, again, archaic and weird communication that is happening in our industry and has been happening forever. It was the only way things could happen up until now. So it's I just want you guys to point out how completely inefficient this industry has become 
it hasn't become more inefficient. Technology just has way surpassed it, which is why I'm not beating up individuals that happen to do their job very, very well. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's no different than a lot of other industries where someone had a position and technology has replaced it because it's way better for, the, the in your case, the candidate. This makes and costs you guys money every time you change your mind. It's, it, there's no two ways around it. I guess a lot of the point I'm making is that Again, how can a recruiter, as wonderful as they may be, be able to adapt and move with everybody that they're working with? And the answer is they just can't. They, there's no way for them to be able to move this quickly. Even the great ones, the great recruiters, are doing their best, but they're going to fail because they cannot be everything to everybody at the exact same time or instantly. All right, let's move into the biggest, not the biggest, but... The other huge problem, besides being able to be instantly, you know, get instant information that you guys need and have it be where there's no prioritizing, the other problem, as I see, as you guys well know with Travel Evolved, is I can't stand the differences in pay for the same job. I don't need to have a full discussion on this again. I think it would be a waste of time for everybody. But this is where it drives me nuts, and many of you have told me that even still here in late, the fourth quarter of 2022, you still oftentimes have to wait for a pay package or a compensation package for the jobs that you said you were interested in. Like a day or two, I've seen that still. Insane. Now, not every company does that. Some Again, the software these companies are using should be able to instantly give them that. But again, the longer it takes a recruiter to get back to you, that means they've got that sliding scale of compensation that says the more margin I make for my company, in other words, the less we pay this traveler, the more commission I will also be entitled to. It's a very real thing. That's why you do, in fact, see multiple offers and multiple pay packages through the same company for the same job. You've got two different recruiters that are trying to either make or just get a deal done, make more money or get a deal done. It's insane. So again, that part drives me crazy. The other part that drives me crazy, obviously, is the fact that you've got just a huge range of pay. And that all comes down to what a company feels they need to make as far as their margin goes. We've done a lot of episodes on margins, more still coming for sure. But obviously the biggest reason why you see such a disparagement in pay packages is because you've got a disparagement in what a company's philosophy is on what they want to make and how much of the pie they want to take. So I, I hate that aspect of it. Instead of being able to instantly say, okay, here's 20 companies that have the same job, and I know there's websites out there that do this somewhat for you. Here's the highest paying one. Instantly, right? That's the way it should be. You guys should instantly be able to tell exactly who's got what and why. And the fact that you can't is ridiculous in 2022. So what do you have? You've got a recruiter who, again, now you've got somebody who their job primarily is to sell you on taking and accepting that pay package through their company. And again, I don't envy these folks. I mean, I've trained them and trained them and trained them. It is a difficult sales position. There is no two ways around it. You can be mad at me for using the word salesperson, but that's what it is at this point. Now you've got the job, you've got the traveler who's interested in that position, and now you're going to try to convince that traveler to take said position through your company as a recruiter. And please don't even look at another company. If there is companies that are paying higher, you're going to try to figure out how to either tap dance and, and explain the, the value that you and your company bring over a higher pay package, 
or you're going to go and get approval to match or beat that other company's pay package, which to me would make me so mad if I was a traveler that I had to sit there and offer something else before I got a deal. Have you ever, ever done that with anything else? Have you ever go to a car dealership and you got two different you know dealerships in the same town and you start going up against each other? I get really mad at the person. I'm like, why aren't you just giving me the best offer you can right now? I'll buy it from you all day long. But I have to keep going back and forth between two different things and all this maddening. And you guys should be angry that a recruiter had to be called out or have to be tested by you in order to give you finally a better and more lucrative pay package. That should make you so angry that you are now having to become a negotiator and not just a healthcare provider. I don't know how that doesn't drive you guys crazy. I know it's part of the, the, the industry currently. It shouldn't have anything to do with you and with the job you accept should have nothing to do with how good of a negotiator you are. It's maddening to me. and It's been maddening for me for 23 almost years it's been that way. So they're going to try to make themselves more valuable. Do you see why? <laughs> so what are we talking about? I mean, I'm just going to we'll throw it out there. Obviously, I'm talking about an app. I'm talking about this is the reason why, you know, I created the company I created. I, I just believe that they are, it's 2022. It's about to be 2023. And there is such a much better, higher paying way to find a job. You need to start using like next gen med staff. I'll throw it out there. Our app, it's, and there's others that have it too, right? So if you have multiple companies that have apps, and I'm telling you, everyone's going to start scrambling to, to come up with an app. The problem is they're still using recruiters to communicate that. And there's apps out there right now that say, hey, you know, here's our great package. Now call a recruiter and we'll go through the whole process all over again. In other words, they've made it easier for you to contact them because you're still doing all the work. They haven't compensated you higher and they haven't made it instant and efficient. Two completely crazy things. Again, we have technology now. You guys don't need someone to sell you on these jobs. It To me, this is just one of those. I mean, it's it's so glaringly obvious, and there are so many travelers that are holding on to this this archaic way of doing things. They just refuse to even look at the possibility that you could be making a lot more money. Any company that has an app that's not paying you the top of everybody else, there's a problem there. So look at that. Why, if you have an app, why is this not this job, not the overall job? Why is this job paying average with companies that have recruiters? Because there should be an efficiency and an economics of scale that says without that cost, that recruiter, we ought to be able to make more money. Not to mention, what I love about the apps and things I'm talking about is that you guys instantly get notified. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning. If there's a job that pops up, if you've got notifications turned on, the app is good that says, hey, you told us you wanted to get an instant message or a notification for when your L&D job came up in Missouri and it's 2 in the morning, you get it. You hit a button and you next thing you know, you're going in front of that position within a very quick, reasonable amount of time without having to negotiate because you can see everything right there. You can see the entire pay package and it's exactly the job you're looking for. Any details that a recruiter would know, you see right there. It just... <laughs> You guys see where I'm going? It does, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want to have that be a better option for you? It fixes everything we're talking about on here. But I don't want to sell. I'm not trying to sell you on what we're doing. I'm just trying to point out how the industry itself is changing. When I told you guys that recruiting, you can again, this is, episode's not going to be taken down in a year. So if it is 2028 and this episode's still on YouTube and on different uh, podcast platforms, tell me I was wrong. How many recruiters are still out here five years from now? This industry, once it starts to accept this and travelers start going, wait a minute, this does kind of make sense, you will see a complete exodus of the current model by companies. And they're either going to switch over to a more efficient, higher 
paying model or they're going to be left behind. And that's why a lot of companies right now are fighting this stuff. There's a bunch of people that have made a lot of money over the last few decades that don't want to see this happen because they would have to change their entire model. They're going to have to change their entire model. Like I've said many times, how much more do you know about your career than anybody else? Where you want to go, how, it, how marketable you in fact are. All the things that are important to you. I don't care if you are a brand new, let's just take an RN. You've got two years of experience you've never traveled before. You can still decide how many places you go in front of in a company that's going to get your information, is going to start putting you in front of these jobs. They're going to have, you're going to see, and you're going to be able to market yourself and say, I probably need to go after some lower paying positions because I need the experience. That's on you. It's not a recruiter, and you can put that in your own capable hands to say, I know, I've been listening to Travel Evolve for a while. I know my own marketability, which means I am not going to you know, go for the highest paying position. I'm going to be smart about where I go. And I'm going to start using my own marketability and recruiting myself for what makes sense to me so I can start to get some offers. And I'm not. And if I don't get the offers I'm looking for, I'm going to kind of examine what I'm doing and react accordingly. That's the way this whole thing should be working. A lot of people that finally get this are going, yeah, this does make sense because I've talked to a lot of you. You're like, it really is putting the onus of securing a job in your hands, which is where most of you have told me you guys want it. So there you go. Um, you know, the locations, again, it's it's... How does a recruiter know what is good for you? And this is one of the biggest complaints I get a lot is that the travelers that are working with this kind of technology are saying, it's amazing how I know what makes sense. And I'm surprised I'm accepting this job because of X, Y, or Z. I didn't think I'd go that far away, but the pay was so great, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it down. I didn't think I would want to go to something that was paying so low but it's close to my home or it's in a really wonderful location and I found myself you know making my own decisions because I know me as a traveler better than anybody else I have maybe family or a spouse I can bounce things off without having to have it go through somebody I can instantly see what these things pay and I can look and choose to apply the positions that I want and what makes sense here's the the nuts and bolts of this episode ladies and gentlemen is that I believe as you move down from starting to work with you know looking for a position to when you actually start to work for that company the need for a recruiter starts out as as almost nothing and then you need somebody not a recruiter somebody that can actually help you to be with credentialing to on board with payroll questions a liaison that actually is there to answer questions for you and make sure that you understand how do you're being paid your insurance all the things that are important to you and then most importantly how to continue either to extend there or to go to a new place new position the beginning is when you need somebody to recruit you the least, in my opinion. Does that make sense? I hope that does. Our industry is reversed. We focus, everybody's focusing on that recruiting, that recruiting, that recruiting, and they're out there spending all this money on all this commission, all these salaries for people to convince you to take all these jobs through their company and nobody else's. That's the crazy part of our industry. And the inefficiency of how instant or lack thereof it is, it just doesn't make any kind of sense. How does somebody know what what job, with all the different variables that that job brings, whether it's a charting system, whether it's a hospital system, location, pay, all the things that you start thinking about, how does anybody you barely know know how to put that into a priority of what makes more sense to you? The answer is that they can't. And for many, many decades, we've been relying upon that relationship to try to make sure it's a good fit. And it's, and it's inefficient. The fact is, guys... 
and again, I this is a this is a wild episode that I'm actually coming out and talking like this because it's been coming for a long time. But the inefficiencies of our industry with a recruiter model cost you money, cost you opportunities. You miss out on jobs that you didn't even know about. You're you're spending a lot of your free time trying to find your next assignment when it should be coming to you through an app in your phone. It just should be instantly. So you can decide, nope, 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 yep, 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 and there you go. And next thing you know, and again, I would tell you, for all these companies that do that, you need to recruit yourself like a recruiter would. You can't just go into one assignment saying, okay, I want this one, and then sit back and wait. Would a recruiter do that to you? No, they're going to push the envelope, which means you've got to look at how. what's your chance of getting that job. If you're the best of the best, you're probably going to get it. But you still need to be applying to a multitude of jobs just like you would with another company and saying, how many different places can I go in front of, provided that I would accept all of them. Because notoriously, you guys all know, you're going to get the one that's probably your, your least favorite. You're hoping at two or three, and that's when you can decide on your own, without the influence of somebody you barely know, to decide what job makes the most sense to you. How'd I do? Did I, did I beat people up there on that one? I, I just, this was, this needed to, this episode needed to come out. This is not about how recruiters are trained. This is not an anti-recruiter. This is hopefully not a promotion of what I'm doing. I just, I just think it's an obvious episode that we needed to start openly talking about. It is going to happen. Everybody out there, I'm telling you, and I, I mean, I've been wrong before a lot of times. <laughs> I've also been right a ton of times. Tell me how you think this isn't going to happen. People that first, the only answer I've ever heard is, well, it's a, it's a human industry. Yes, it is. It's a human industry, not because of this part. It's a human industry because once you go to work for a company, you have questions and you need someone that can take care and handle things for you through the agency and through your position. But it doesn't need to be in the sales part of the business. It's actually the last place it needs to be. That should be in your hands. I just booked a trip to go down to Texas. I didn't call a travel agent and give them commission. I went right on my, you know, I actually did do it from my phone because I, I used to do it from my laptop, but they all have apps now. I went on, booked my trip, booked my hotel, booked my car, and took care of it all by myself because I didn't need anybody to do that for me. You guys don't either. It's just a question of saying, hmm, this does start to make sense. So I hope it does. I'm not going to promote what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, I just did. But you guys get it. There, It is time for our entire industry to evolve. This is one of the biggest steps. And it's going to be one of the first times I have that we are going to see not only the technology taking place, but the real important part is the efficiency is going to go way, way up for you. You're not going to be stressed out about finding your next position. You can start looking for a position six weeks before your current one ends and start securing that weeks and weeks and weeks before you start your new assignment. You're going to get instant notifications from any of these apps that are reputable that will do that for you. you got to make sure you've got things set up on your phone to be able to do that. But you should be able to get all day long, nope, all these jobs. And you should have filters that say, I only want jobs that are this pay package or higher. Maybe the system, maybe these shifts. All these things that, that all these apps do so very, very well. It makes sense. And more importantly, you should see more of that pie, which is the bill rate, go into your pocket because you are, in fact, recruiting yourself, which is what most of you have told me you guys want to do. So I hope you guys share this episode with some people. I think it's important. I think it's important that people start to kind of 
go, this is happening. It's going to happen regardless. And those of you that are on the cutting edge of understanding how, how much better this will be for your career financially, and I mean, I'm just talking about opportunity cost. The amount of time you're not going to be spending waiting for someone to get back with you is almost as big as, as the pay packages being higher anyway. It's going to happen. It's just a question of when do you want to jump in and take a look at, see what's, what, how it works and how much better it will be for your entire career. And I think more and more companies will start doing it. The faster you guys move, the more companies are going to have to start to develop this technology and more importantly, share more and more of that pie with you guys because it doesn't make sense. These 30% plus margins do not make sense with an app anymore. It just doesn't. It makes no sense at all. Whew. Guys, I can't thank you enough. I hope you share this episode, like I said, with other people. This was a good one. Recruiting 101, that's how it works. I didn't mean to turn it into an app <laughs> uh, promotion, but it just, I mean, I can't help it. It's the way it is. But, but go back and listen to how inefficient the way recruiting is. And that's just what Recruiting 101 is. Can't change that. Guys, I appreciate it. As always, catch you next time on Travel Evolved.